He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel. This is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode, no matter how well I do or do not know them. Uh, a couple of ways you can help this podcast is by going to Apple Podcasts, finding this one, writing a five-star review, and just uh, praising praising me so much. Uh, also, you can go to patreon.com slash funnyevan. I'll talk more about that later, uh, but for as little as a dollar a month, you can help me uh, keep this podcast alive. Because you, that would be the only way this podcast can live is with your support. Uh, and on social media, at Awkward with Evan, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can listen to this on awkwardwithevan.com, but also, of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I do believe Spotify is now being added. So my guest, my Facebook friend that I requested he become my Facebook friend, and he did, uh, is Ari Glasgow a current student at Tufts University graduating this spring. Uh, what he did is he messaged me on LinkedIn uh, because I sometimes get random inquiries on LinkedIn. And uh, he and I get this from time to time. You know, uh, he was asking me some preliminary questions about getting started in comedy and, uh, you know, like how do you do it and do I li- try it this way or that way? And uh, you guys are lucky uh, well, I have good news and bad news. <laughs> the good news is you guys are lucky because uh, I pretty much give Ari uh, – well, I do ask him about himself. Uh, this is episode's more of me giving him uh, like a seminar on just like how to be a comedian and uh, how to approach it, even how to promote yourself as a comedian. And the funny thing is like – I will probably be developing a, a course, an online course where you can do that very soon um, and uh, can share that with, with, with all. Um, but um, I would say that's the good news. Um, you get to learn a lot of, of comedy and you get to learn a lot about Ari. Bad news is when I was recording Ari, uh, I think I was recording uh, his voice and my voice at the same time. Uh, so that meant extra feedback when he was talking. So when he, Ari is talking during the interview, it'll sound like he's trapped in a, in a see-through glass chamber. He'll kind of be like Alice in Wonderland on the other side of the looking glass. That's how Ari will sound, but I'm actually going to end up being, uh, doing a lot of the talking because I'll be giving him uh, some info, some data about comedy. So hopefully you're cool with that. Um, we didn't go too long, so you won't, you hopefully you can put up with the audio, um, but it's not as bad as I'm making it sound. Um, but without further ado... Check out my talk, How to Be a Comedian, and also How to Be Ari Glasgow on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexell. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexell. I'm interviewing one of my newest Facebook friends who initially contacted me over LinkedIn because he has questions for me. You know you're doing a good job in your career when people randomly contact you uh, on networks. So I present to you, without any information about him, Ari Glasgow. Ari, how are you, sir? 
I'm, I'm doing, doing wonderful. wonderful. Cool. Ten o'clock at night over here. here. I'm, I'm feeling good. good. You know, sometimes you're lucky. I, I'm you're doing it this early. Sometimes I'll I'll hassle people at like one in the morning. So that's that's dedication. dedication. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's just me wasting my time. Uh, so you 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 messaged me because wait now what where are you from originally? So, so I'm, I'm from, from the Boston, Boston area, area originally. Okay, from the Boston area. Um, now, did you go to Tufts or are you going to Tufts? I'm going to Tufts. So I'm going to be a senior this year. Oh, nice, nice. So how so so how far away from Tufts did you grow up? Grow up like ten miles or something? Yeah, like, like literally twenty five minute drive, maybe. Excellent. Boats. Yeah, cool. stay close to home for my mom. Made her happy. It was, it was a good good little setup. <laughs> okay, good. So you're going senior year. Uh, what stuff have you been? Uh, uh, what are your What are your groups? What are your major or majors? What kind of things make up your menu right now of, of jumbo experience? Sure. So I'm majoring in sociology, okay. but I don't really I don't I don't love it. It's not something I'm too attached to. Um, what I really like to do is, is the comedy stuff. Yeah. I uh, started doing like stand up in high school. Excellent. Uh, like my senior year, I was just like I'm gonna call a bunch of open mics in Boston and say, hey, you know, I'm 16, will you let me come, even though I'm obviously underage? A bunch of people let me do it, and that was fun, and I've been doing it for a few years. Also, was on, like, my high school improv troupe, so in college at Tufts, I've uh, been in a sketch group and continue to do stand-up. Those have been, like, the two main clubs that I do. And I did the classic intramural, you know, football or whatever. Nice Jewish boy, never got to play football, so I was excited to play a little flag football. Um, uh, Cheap Socks. Is there still Cheap Socks there? Have you uh, there's, auditioned? There's or? still Cheap Socks. Have you auditioned? You or just didn't I have auditioned for Cheap Socks and not gotten into Cheap Socks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very devastating moment in my college career. Oh, man. My, well, my thing, I didn't get in senior year to my improv troupe in high school. And uh, I tried – I considered auditioning for Cheap Socks. I, I was running cross-country a lot at Tufts. So that just – it's like a seven-day-a-week thing. So – uh, yeah, it was me that, and it was a uh, Theta Chi, um, were basically my main activities at Tufts. And, right, I've done a little, I've done a little reading, read, read some of your, your bio stuff. I, I see that you're in Theta Chi, yeah. very nice. I know, I don't know if they're, uh, if the Greek system has fully recovered. I yet. was, I was gonna say, have you been well, keeping I'm, up with the whole Greek system at Tufts? Is like totally gone now. No, no I, I, I was aware of what was happening. Um, after I graduated, I was alumni president for many years. Uh, took a break. Now I'm kind of back, like with like on the alumni board of that chapter. Uh, sure. So I know. I mean, I know all the different sanctions that were levied on all the different chapters and like three different levels of penalties. And you know, hopefully they're they're back up a- again. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it's like kind of like down low key. Maybe in the fall or the spring, it'll be acceptable exactly it's, it's like slowly starting, starting to like come yeah, back to yeah. life okay well, and my like best friend was like the president of uh dcd right so he was like totally but was always keeping me updated on what's going on, on the other side what the administration was saying it was always like a very exciting thing going on yeah i always tell like i sometimes for my comedy i do like a greek talk once in a while afterwards for greek systems and i always say like logistically hazing does not work anymore it just like logistically like because things in social media get out so easily and things are so transparent. Like, I mean, I, 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 you know, I was part of some nonsense on the receiving end and the giving end uh, in, in my experience. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, and that's kind of why I kind of 
disconnected a little bit, but then I kind of saw that they were good guys. I stopped by the house a few years ago and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll help you guys out. They, they knew they were telling me how like they had this one song that be inappropriate in 2018. So they knew that and, uh, they changed it and updated accordingly. But uh, oh, anyway, good for them. yes, they That's did. Nice I'm telling you, they know what they're doing. There's, there's a, a convention right now in Vegas I should be going to, but uh, they're not paying for me. I don't think I haven't heard. So I'm going to, maybe I'll drive there spontaneously. I don't know. That's, That's a deal breaker. breaker that fourth thing. Yeah. It's a fan guy international convention. I went to their 150th anniversary convention about 10 years ago. I won this like 5k race there. And I, uh, Wow. Got to be at the convention, so that was fun. That was in Vermont. Do you still but, keep in touch, touch with, with your brothers, brothers and whatnot? Um, my my current my current year, um, not. Uh, I mean, I keep in touch more with like the younger people because I'm always like keeping my nose in like their business a little bit. But uh, once in a while, like we like each other's stuff on Instagram. They weren't like my core group of friends. I joined because a few of them had pledged, and then some of them left. So I was kind of left with. You know, like these, like the the B level of my friends that were still there, <laughs> but they were still good guys. So it was good to like be there and grow and set an example when you got to be a senior. So uh, totally. it was fun. It was fun. So so your stand. Where have you gone so far with stand up? Like, what venues have you done so far? Because I did some early stand up in Boston a few times. Yeah. So so, so I haven't done too much. much. I mean, when I was really just starting, I was just doing open mics, and obviously I do it at Tufts. I have some friends who take it really seriously, who go out like four or five times a week, who go to every open mic and like get booked at, you know, Improv Boston and the comedy studio and a bunch of different things. Like that's not my passion. My passion is more with the acting stuff, is more with improv and sketch. So that's where I put my time in is like writing and doing that sort of thing. Um, so for the most part, stand up is relegated to just like hitting the open mic circuit and testing out new material and then doing it at school. Cool. Um, so then your, I guess your initial questions for me then, uh, about actually I want to, yeah, your initial questions for me then about, um, yeah, comedy. What do you, what were your, what was your, in your original message? It was how to, how to get rolling with it after school. Yeah. I mean, how to break into the industry, like what you suggest and like starting out, you know, or should I be taking classes you know like it's really big now like the upright citizens brigade or should i just be going to open mics a lot like how do i find my voice that kind of thing ah, all of the above so exactly. here's here's what i did um it's everyone's path is different you can totally if you like sketches a lot then you should totally do uh you know like uh, i don't know like what location what there is in boston um but i mean my wife took a, a sketch writing class at upright citizens um, you could do some basic improv at like a second city or whatever, just to like, if that's the type of comedy you want to do my way, I just got started was I just started showing up everywhere and I would just start doing my stuff. So that comes also with just knowing what's funny, like what, how to write comedy, the structure of it. Um, I'm actually kind of like tickling an idea of, creating my own like digital course on just like first it'll be the whole you know how to be funny kind of vibe but then i would come up with a second one like how to promote yourself kind of vibe um so the first thing i'd say like when i've given seminars i'd say the first your your career is going to go in three in three levels there's there's the quantity of your career like doing a lot of your stuff there's the quality of your career meaning uh 
you know, it's got to, you got the good stuff rises to the top, and then you've got your viability where you know you have enough good stuff where you can kind of take it on the road, or you know, just just do it wherever. Um, if you're just starting comedy, you should definitely write a few bits on your own. Uh, try them out in some like quaint locations. I don't know if Brown and Brew ever has an open mic or Oxfam Cafe ever has stuff. But if there's like a couple of, you know, you could even, I'm sure maybe they, if there's not, there should be a stand up comedy club at the school. Yeah, I do that. Oh, good. Yeah, so I you guys could probably like, you know, find a place on campus and just book a, a, a quick like hour night of like eight guys doing like five or ten minutes each. Uh, and then just to get the reps in. Because my thing was, and my my miscalculation was, I did my com- I took a comedy class in the beginning in New York City, sure. and I thought, okay, I've done two weeks, two months of comedy. I'm now gonna do my material on stage and film it, and it's gonna be so good that I will now submit it to Comedy Central, and I'll be on Comedy Central four months <laughs> later. And uh, you know, you do want to refine your stuff. Uh, your voice will come naturally. I mean, people do characters, but if you're just doing you like raised, raised a little bit, like dialed up, that's fine. You'll you'll eventually just, I don't know. I would say write comedy for you first, or if you like writing comedy, that's commentary of what's going on. Like if you want to write, you know, social media jokes and Trump jokes and all that, and if you think yeah. if that works, that's fine. I mean. The main thing you want to just ask yourself when you when you go through your material is like, where's the punchline? Like, where or where do you think the punchline is going to be, whether you hear them laugh or not? Other things to realize. Open mics can be tricky because sometimes there's mostly comics there. Intentionally not so laughing brutal. at everyone oh. else. Right. So awful, yeah. Yeah. So you do that more for practice than like – Cause, and also the thing is like open mics, the open mic comedians laugh at like weird crap. Like they will laugh at stuff that a regular audience would not laugh at. So another thing you could do that I like doing, I mean, I, I started with a guitar a little bit into my career, but I liked going up at music nights cause I grew up on Long Island. So like there were no many, not many open mic comedy nights on Long Island. I'd go to like poetry readings or uh, open open mics for music and then i'd go on and you know it would it, it'd be like a fart in church sometimes but <laughs> at the same time you know you could like they'll be listening to you because they've been listening to music and listening to lyrics the entire night um right. so that's another there's so many like different angles um i would say first thing you want to have is when you write down stuff whether it's it's notes in your notes in like you're on your phone or writing down notes in a notebook and you know crossing stuff out moving stuff around you just want to have enough to where you think you can totally like if you want to create your like comedy social media or turn your own twitter into a place to just like throw out some zingers but um when you feel like you have enough good stuff that's when you'll know to do the next thing which will be like the website or the demo reel, or filming right. yourself. So yeah, we're like the all the like the marketing companies call this like laddering up, 
Like first Netflix was all about, you know, for example, Netflix was all about just uh, get the DVD and then return it when you're done. Then it was also about now it's about like streaming some stuff when you're done. Now it's about now Netflix is about now they add on like let's create our own original content. So you're you're going to do the same kind of thing in your career as you go. Sure. You're also going to have to track like what's working for you and what's not working for you. Because for example for me, like I'm finding out unfortunately like I took a there the way to do colleges for example. Say you want to like graduate and then go off and do schools. Yeah. There's NACA, there's APCA. Those are two collectives where it's kind of like a trade show for for college entertainment. APCA, you got to pay a lot of money to showcase. Um, I did that kind of early in my career and it was expensive, but I got up there and whatever I did, what I did. And then NACA is kind of like the main, more mainstream and, you know, they always pick, it's, it's a wide application pool and they always pick like the same mainstream acts. And I've unfortunately discovered that that may not, they're not picking me because my stuff may be like a little off the, off the center path. But that tells me also that like, I know that I'm probably more of an APCA person than a NACA person. Of course we could get off this and I'll find I'm showcasing an NACA. So who knows? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So you, you're going to be balancing like all the different divisions of what your career is like. um, But definitely have other things that you can do with your time. You can totally go full time. If you want to like graduate college, move back in with the parents and then just like drive around to open mics, you can do that. So, so that's, that's a big, big question, question right? I mean, that's, that's also what's on my mind. Because like, like I have an internship right now in advertising. It's like, sure, okay, should, should I be like, like trying to parlay this into a job and do comedy at night? Or how do I figure out what I want to do there? You, you can start by doing your job at night. You can start like, I didn't, I graduated and I, like I interned at the National Hockey League just in New York City. And then I worked at the New York City Marathon a couple of years. But as I was starting to work for them, I went to comedy class once a week and lived a double life. Yeah. I, I do other stuff besides comedy now. I live like – now I live like a – I'm trying to live like a triple life or a quadruple life. You're so a renaissance man. Yeah. I'm like – I think it's called a polymath. That's what another Facebook friend I interviewed t- told me. It's the word yeah. polymath. Okay. So so yeah. Here's the thing. Don't feel like you ha- – because like comedians can waste a lot of time. Like if you're just going to the open mic at like 8 at night – and you've done like nothing but just like write a few jokes during the day, you always want to stay busy. The busier you are, the more you'll get done in whatever thing you want. So, uh, yeah, you, you'll, you'll know. When you want to put more attention on your comedy, you'll know. So definitely like parlay or what you could do is like a good thing for a comedian to have or any artist to have is like how to promote yourself. If you can provide, you know, you learning advertising could help if you're ever going to end up promoting yourself on like a Google ad or if you're ever promoting yourself um, on a Facebook ad for your page, for your comedian page. So it's, it, it's fine to like collect that background knowledge. Yours is better than like, with me, mine was like nonprofit. I couldn't really use that for anything for my comedy career um, other than like maybe make a running joke or song about running. All right, taking a little break. Going to get back to Ari in a minute. First, I got to talk to you more about how this podcast lives and breathes. It's with your support uh, at patreon.com slash funnyevan. If you go to Patreon, that's a website where, you know, independent creators like me can be 
helped out by supporters like you. So say you got out of cryptocurrency early and made money. Perhaps you could throw a dollar or two my way every month uh, to help this podcast do its thing. Um, I do have reward tiers. I can give you like cell phone wallets, producer credits, free consultations. Ari got one. He Ari pulled off getting like three of the tiers on his own um, in that episode. He got consulted by me. He got to be on the show uh, all in one fell swoop. But I didn't give him an awkward army uh, certificate. There is a, re- a reward tier for that. Um, there is even a reward tier if you would like title sponsorship. I will offer it to you in any way you see fit. But it is possible, um, and it will help me. So go to Patreon.com/slash/FunnyEvan. That is all. Back to Ari. That's the ultimate struggle. Every every comedian has that struggle, and every. You also want to like, you know, a lot of comedians, even the ones that maybe like headlining the weekend at a comedy club still have day jobs. So, you know, you'll, it doesn't hurt to have your, your, your toes in, in different pools as you're, as you're doing this. So yeah, you'll, you'll know it's a balance. I mean, the, the biggest thing I think to watch out for, not so much your time management, is just like being able to like just surround yourself with like, you know, supportive people that, you know, will back you up with your career, whether you're doing like two things and, you know, because you're just, you get the na- you get the weirdest stuff when you tell people like you're doing comedy or, or stuff like that. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I guess, guess you, you want to feel like empowered and you want people to support what you're doing. doing. And then also you want like experiences. Like I feel like if you're just sitting at home writing jokes, right. you're not going out and living and you're not going to have as much to talk about. So like if you fill your day with things, you're going to be able to, you know, tell a unique set or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like people like, you know, they'll talk about their mom all the time or people will talk about their job for five minutes or all right. kinds of things. Um, yeah. So you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll know. You already probably could write stuff just based on college, all kinds of like, you know, it, you probably already have written it. So I would just, you know, and you can, and you'll know as you, as you grow, your, you know, material will, will mature as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm twice your age and I'm still performing at colleges cause, cause I, that's just my level. So not not, not as a slap against slander against the the audience. I love the audience. That's all. I just love the audience and that's my humor. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I would say. I'd, I'd say keep, you keep. To keep keep your eye on everything because you never know. I got on VH1 because I was working at my day job, and we were fundraising uh, for like a, a race or something for the marathon. Or people were running the marathon for our foundation, and one of the people running for the foundation was on working at VH1. And all wow. of a sudden, you know, I'm, I taped four shows with VH1 because of that connection. So, you know, it helps. You know, just to get get in the right uh advertising's good cuz advertising is kind of like connected to you know like a like a commercials or jingles or yeah. writing comedy writing um it's all there so if that's if that's where you, you're looking after school i mean that's fine yeah um there's there's, there's moments, moments like, like where i'll be in like, like a, a meeting at the this ad agency i work at and they'll be with casting a commercial and they'll be like looking at comedians and I'm like, ah, I would so love to be on the other side of that and have them be like looking at me and be like, oh, this guy 
as a fun said, this guy's a cool voice. You should oh, totally get him involved. Oh man, I have to send you my information then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, but eventually, you know, like um, I heard a story of a uh, Cara Diaguardi. She was um, America's uh, American Idol judge. Yeah, and then she was on the side. I think she was like working in in A and R office, but then on the side she was like recording stuff. And then she gave like the executive this mystery disc, and it ended up being. And the guy was like, "Whose voice is that?" And they're like, "That's mine." And they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's do something with this." So you never know. I mean, some some places may frown upon that, but you know what? They just want to put the best person there for the job. So to right. be on the other side, you're already like a leg up and that's a yeah, good yeah i mean you gotta, gotta take, take a shot, shot and like if you, you have, have an opportunity you might as well go for it i guess yeah might as well yeah you just want to keep keep all roads open as you go yeah um so that's good <laughs> um any any other like questions uh for me i guess like comedy i mean i know i'm i'm interviewing i'm supposed to be interviewing you but i guess you're interviewing me <laughs> which is fine um yeah so so I guess Tufts is good. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Um, what? Any other questions then about like comedy in general, the career? Sure. I mean, how much? If I'm, 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 I'm not, not sure. sure I, I got this correct, but on either your LinkedIn or something, I read that you're uh, like a unionized, right? Oh wait, I mean I'm in the in the union. In in, the act- yeah, in SAG, right? All oh, right. right. SAC, yeah. How does one go about doing that? Uh, you can get into SAG a few different ways. Now, they merged. SAG and AFTRA merged. So the cheapest way you could have gone to the union was being a member of AFTRA, and then when they merged, you were automatically in SAG. Now, okay. the thing now, the thing my wife is finding out now, and that she's enjoying, I guess, maybe a little more, is that when you join the union, it's great. You get better rates, you get better work conditions, and they take care of you more. You get the screeners to the SAG awards get lots of movies to watch um but there's not a lot of jobs for union actors out there like it's it's really helpful and powerful and there's great insurance for kind of like the top one percent so for the people that can get cast continually not even the celebrities like even just like the character actors that can you know book a few shows every year um or even book like one commercial a year it's 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 hard to kind of maintain that um, because it's always like based on like what's what are you doing now? But maybe you make enough residuals to where you can stay um, like qualifying for insurance. A lot of people do like full time background work as a union member just okay. so they can like build up enough money to have the health insurance. Um, wow. I got in. You can get in a few ways. You can get into the actors union by. Getting a union voucher, I think, on three different jobs, whether it's like three different background jobs or maybe it's like you book like one commercial as a, a non-union and then you like have the ability to to join the union. It's called Taft-Hartley. The right. thing about joining the union is it probably costs like maybe three and a half Gs, I'm guessing, to join. Wow. Um, so it's a lot. But where you're just starting out and you want footage and you want quantity – what you want to do is you want to just – you want to be non-union. You want to be non-union as long as you can until you have to be union. But okay. there's no problem with like being non-union for a while. Like a lot of the TV shows, like commercials you see, like five-hour energy commercials, you can tell those are all non-union. 
there's just like a you know like the like the beer commercials or like the banking commercials those are like union fast food that's like union but um a lot of stuff out there like the stuff maybe that's like local commercials or um you know even like certain shows it's, it's just like you're non-union and, and it's a fine place to be you'll be able to do like a ton of like say student films you could right. do a ton of like web series. Web series. Kind of thing, right? I even like for web series, I would totally do any web series as a union member just for me because like it's the internet. Okay. I'm like, there's no money in the internet. What am I going right. to like YouTube reviews like three cents? <laughs> um, but my, my wife got is more the actor than me. And she got a few, a few appearances on a, on a TV show. And it wasn't really, it wasn't like it, like the residuals, like, yeah, like residual checks for like one appearance, you get like five cent residual checks. So yeah. it's not it's not really worth it to to like have to get in the union. Like yeah. there'll be good buyouts on commercials that may pay better than even cable union commercials because you'll see like the same commercial say on it like all the different cable stations. But that person, the actor, has has like a, a cable buyout. What they want is they want to get on like a national like broadcast channel. And that way they can get paid maybe like it's $50 every time the commercial airs. So that's always a good thing. Like any like national commercial that has some broadcast plays in it, like that's great. So, you know, that's just kind of stuff you'll you'll deal with. But I would say you just – you don't want to worry too much about the union. In, like making the union does not mean like you're going to do more with, with acting. But – I, I mean, I like it personally just like for the screeners and the status of it. Um, right. But I don't – and I don't like fine. I'll pay the dues because I'll support whatever. Um, but my wife actually, she was in the union for a while and she's like, I have not been doing as much acting as I have been in years. And what she did is she joined – she declared herself FICOR where she told the union I'm, I'm going to keep paying my dues but I'm going to work non-union. And the main guy who, who started that was John Voigt. Um, because he wanted to help work on a friend's screenplay, on a friend's movie, but the the movie was like a non-union movie, so we kind of like crossed union lines. And you'll you can you won't you'll never piss off an actor faster than talking about like working FICOR or non-union when you're union. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's a collective of like there's a group of actors that you know they have like their non-union names versus their union names. So right, there's ways it's it's you know everyone's different. Those things are out there. Um, but you know, you, you can, you know, she, she likes, she had her like first non-union audition, which was good just to, she can submit to so many more things. Like the things I, the half the things I see I can submit to are just like background for like commercials or promos and, you know, quick things, very rich, small things, but you know, having an agent will help. It doesn't hurt. You definitely could try getting an agent once you graduate for commercials and stuff like that in Boston. So, so how, how, how does one like, like go, go about, about doing that? that oh man, we're doing a whole course right now. Okay, good. <laughs> if, if you don't want, if you want, no, no, I don't care. No, fine. This is good. I'll, I'll know what to talk about. I'm gonna listen back to this and be like, okay, I'm gonna make my course. Uh, so, oh. well, the way I got my commercial agent. Now I was in, I'm in LA. LA is really easy to get a commercial agent because th- that's another thing. Don't feel like getting a commercial agent is like opening up like the gates to heaven because. <laughs> That's kind of definitely like, that perception. Though. Yes, the perception is that you get an agent; it's opening up the gates to heaven. You get into the union; it's like opening up the gates to heaven. Um, even you know, 
those they're good wins to have. They're good gains. Um, but uh, you, you what you want to do? It's like don't feel like you know they're 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 keeping you out. I you know there's there's ways to look up maybe for you casting directors or, or commercial agents, theatrical agents in uh in uh commercial agents you could probably get without an, a reel. Theatrical agent you may want to get with a reel, but it depends because yeah. you're young, you can be putting anything, so you're fine. I feel like. I feel like, I, like, like you'd, you'd only want a theatrical agent, right, Who's who would take you if you have a real – like otherwise you probably don't know how like yeah. great Any, that person is. Anyone can do commercial. Anyone. Okay. Asian guy falling off a sports medicine table. That guy did a commercial. <laughs> right. um, I did like a promo just like saying true and false operating a lie detector. That was a thing for ESPN. So um, you can look – just you want to look up – you want to look up where you can find a directory of those of those uh, agencies, and then you'd want to like set up a cover letter. Uh, you'd want to set up. Uh, you probably just want to. I probably would. I contacted ten ten agencies out here. I I sent written letters. You could probably email them now. I sent written letters with my photo and my resume to ten agencies. Maybe I heard from three. Um, I got a meeting with one of them. I could have had two. And then I, I signed with the one I met with. Okay. So, you know, I mean, obviously they, they are working for free for you and, unless you book something. So, you know, once they're going to have this honeymoon period where they're going to love like submitting you for stuff and you're going to love having them as your agent. But, you know, you never know, like maybe stuff, stuff gets slow and then maybe there'll be a cycle of like a year goes by. They're like, get us, get new photos or you think your photos are good. So those are the kind of, you know, discussions that usually like cycle through with actors and their agents. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll kind of get, get the hang of it that way. Um, but, um, I would just say, look up, look them up and, and reach out, go to their websites. Um, maybe the, the publication I got like years ago was called the Ross report, but I'm sure like you can go on like Backstage, I'm guessing, is one way. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a good website where you can like find a directory of people. If you're a member or your friend's a member, uh, you can do it that way. Yeah. Awesome. So, so you're, you're a very knowledgeable guy. Oh, you know, you know all the ins and outs. I've been around. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, cool. So how's Facebook life for you? What do you, what do you uh, use it? Do you use it for like your comedy stuff or just stuff with friends? Since it's a Facebook friend podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I used to post on Facebook a ton and, and photos, but I don't really anymore. My main thing right now is like publicizing our sketch comedy shows or my stand-up and stuff. I'll post just to get people to come. I'll try to do like whack, like absurdist posts, just like totally crazy out of the blue things. Um, get people's attention. Yeah. Mostly it. Excellent. Um, have you seen the last movie I saw? There's a movie com- coming out called Eighth Grade. By yes, Burr, by um, Bo Burr. what's his name? Yes, Bo Burr. Yeah, I just saw it. Like, there's a line in the movie where like the the kid's saying like, like you know, message her on Facebook, and then the kid's like, no one uses Facebook anymore; it's Instagram. So, yep. but I get to interview all the old people on Facebook. So exactly, that's there right. you go. Yeah, and, and you, you can, can just keep making new iterations of the podcast every time. time. You'll have an Instagram podcast in a few years and then a Twitter one. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd I'd make exceptions if it was like a celeb, but, um, for the most part, uh, I, I got the rest of my life to just interview Facebook friends. Yeah. Yeah. 
New- newbies like you and then all that stuff. Yeah, um, you come, yeah, no, I mean, if you legitimately wanted, like, other tough comedy people, if you were interested in that, I don't know if that actually interests you. There's probably a ton of people who would love, like, talking to you. Well, yeah, you can, they can always reach out. You can always, like, you know, kick the tires of, of the e-board. I will, the, yes, I will, I will plug your, plug your stuff. <laughs> e-board, what else have I done there? I mean, I did a couple, the shows I did at Tufts, I did, like, pretty much I volunteered to do, like, an Oxfam show years and years ago, but it was a good experience. And then I did something at Brown and Brew like for free years and years ago. But you know, there's there's always opportunities to get up at Tufts. It's just good. Like I'm gonna like I work, I'm gonna work with someone who's like doesn't want may not want to go to college because he's like gonna get a call back for American Idol in a few yeah. weeks, and he may just want to be like be a rock and roll star. And I'm like, if you go to college, you can bring you can build your fan base in college. Like a lot of bands or artists start by just doing stupid stuff in college with their friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's what I'll pass on to him. Um, Cool. So, yeah, I hope this was helpful. Um, If people wanted to – obviously Facebook, but there's other places people could, like, check out any of your sketch stuff or – Yeah, I mean, if if you you want to see our sketch stuff on uh, YouTube, it's the Institute Sketch Comedy. Okay. Um, Check out any of our – videos we do a original musical we write at the end of the year and we have a bunch of video sketches and whatnot so nice definitely definitely check it out is there any good like 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 uh like web phone videos you've made that you've like posted anywhere i feel like that's like an easy thing you can do now in college you just like film something with your phone and just throw it up there and yeah. it's funny i i have not done a ton of those i used to do those when i was little i would always have like not little i mean like between the ages of like 13 and 16 i'd have my mom filled and do like man on the street videos but uh my friend and i are trying to start a youtube channel this summer probably uh in the next month with like short 30 second videos we're like we're sitting on our butts we might as well be filming super short sketches so yeah that works yeah yeah i remember my fraternity theta kai they did a. Uh, they did like some like weird kind of series. I think it even aired on like Jumbo TV. It was like it was about like one of the brothers who's like a character. I don't know. It was it was strange. No, it was great. Yeah, yeah, definitely get your feet wet. You got a nice year to to dip your toe in some things. I my senior year, I did an internship at the Fleet Center, which is now TD Bank North Garden. Yeah, and, uh, it was just cool to see that side of it. But yeah, it's good. Definitely. All right, man. All of you, all of you get get to. Uh, bed, I guess soon because <laughs> I'm because I'm early where I am. Um, yeah, but cool. So so yeah, Ari Glasgow. Thank you uh, for coming on socially awkward. Thank you. Evan. Okay, Ari Glasgow going into his senior year at Tufts University, as I was once a senior at Tufts University. Uh, so let's see. We're at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm not reading anything when I do this, just so you know. I'm just kind of doing this off of memory. Ari was Facebook friend 76, and then uh, I will uh, have 77, 78, and 79 all ready to go for you guys very soon. Um, but yes, Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, patreon.com slash awkward with Evan. No, patreon.com slash funny Evan. Go to Social Awkward with Evan Wexel. On Apple Podcasts, write a five-star review. Review it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all that fun stuff. And without further ado, uh, I'm going to leave. Stay awkward because I'm going to. Thanks for listening. 
go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Wexel.